Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Put your hands on the car and prepare to die. It's the Luke and Pete Show. My name is Pete Donaldson. Uh, I'm joined by Luke Moore. Uh, forgot to click record there. Just seems to be the, the way things are going. It's a lovely hot day outside and my brain has overheated. Yeah, you haven't even got a car, so I don't know why you're saying that. <laughs> what do you mean? Put your hands on the as car. Get... What car? Oh, yeah, exactly. Good point. Well, I'm, I'm referencing that crazy man who was the producer of, um, I think it was like BBC kind of nature programs. I remember when he went crazy on the motorway and tried to do a Oh, yes, I forgot about that. That's Don't a very, mean. very good reference. Very niche, but I remember that it was now. David, yeah. It was David Attenborough's um, executive producer, I think. Yeah, but he I was really hands posh, on the car wasn't he? And prepare to die. <laughs> it just makes me... It just... It just that, that, that kind of impudent, impotent kind of rage uh, of, 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 the, of, the, of the older British man who, you know, invariably has it his own way until he gets on the motorway and realises there's other people around him. It just gets very upset. Thanks to everyone who um, who sent in um, the Twitter of uh, what is the charge? A trip to Durham? <laughs> a succulent trip to Durham? Because <laughs> they they came in in their thousands uh, this week, which is very enjoyable. Oh, it was so good! Very mm. very enjoyable. It really really was something else. What have but you yeah, been? Uh, what have you been up to, Peter? Have you um, not have been you to been Durham, mate? I've not been. I've not been. No, I've not been. Uh, no, I haven't had a, a, a string of paparazzi outside my house. I've not had the Daily Mail criticise me. Uh, I am the Svengali of Stakhanov uh, Productions, obviously. This kind of shadowy. Uh, oh my god, mate! Creature. If if a Daily Mail knew about your lifestyle, they would absolutely criticise it. <laughs> it's, it's more of a communication problem than a kind of moral judgment. No, I think my I think my 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 perversions are quite old school. I think they'd probably you know there's nothing they haven't they won't have heard before in the newsroom. To be quite frank, probably they would call you a confirmed in quotes a confirmed bachelor though. Bachelor, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. but but um, we you know, you know sort what... of say the word bachelor at the same time there, and we're not even in the same room. Fantastic. One of the things about the old uh, Dominic Cummings, or as Tim Key, one of my favourite uh, comedy characters. He's not a character; he's a real person. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> calls him the cum dog. Um, is is that um, you know that stuff about the neighbours kind of harassing it? Well, not really harassing, but shouting at him in a quite an English polite way, like <laughs> shouting things like "Shame on you, 
you are a hypocrite, for, right? Which yeah, for yeah. me, which for me, isn't really up there with the kind. You know, I don't know the Rosa Parks incident of well, they were everyone on there was a, a sizable amount of people. I, I don't know whether it's just people complaining about the the very idea of it, but there are a lot of kind of right wing kind of um, thinkers who think that uh, the abuse that uh, he's been getting is akin to uh, Caroline Flack's uh, abuse, for example. So like, not, that it? was quite big on Twitter. Like, well, it's not, not is it because he's literally no. he's literally the person who makes up the rules for a yeah, and also I mean. Uh, but one thing I wanted to say about it is that, well, there's a couple of things. One is that um, if that were me, if, if inserting myself into the Dominic Cummings role here, and I got back to my street, and everyone who lives around me is really lovely, and I know we know our neighbours around here quite a lot, quite well. Uh, if they were all like that to me, I think that would probably be the most powerful thing. I think I would probably cry when I got home. So don't underestimate. <laughs> me beanie. He might have been friends with those guys <laughs> up until a couple of days ago. That could be very powerful. And and no. um, and secondly, the one thing that's really interesting as well is pointed out that um, by my lovely lady wife, who's obviously American, and she is fascinated by the British idea of um, rules and how much they right. in Britain we love rules. And she was saying to me yesterday, "What's the big, what's the big thing here?" And I said, "Well, basically, what's the beef?" The guy, what's the beef? Yeah, the guy who's made the rules has like broken the rules. She was like, "Oh, you British, you love your, you and British, and you love your rules. This wouldn't be a thing in America." <laughs> People that they want in America. I was like, yeah, you're probably right there. But it is quite funny how like the only thing he could have done, Dominic Cummings, worse than this in the eyes of the British public, is to perhaps push into some kind of queue at the post office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or um, order a Guinness last. Uh, in, yeah, in the a, pub, in a order a Guinness last. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or let or, give or way do, for or, someone in the street yeah. in the car and not say thank you when he drove through. Or, or upset you with an online picture of uh, his breakfast or uh, cooked breakfast. Well, listen, the I'll let people behind the curtain here. Uh, Laura Kirk of uh, Revisiting Fame and also occasionally of the Luke and Pete Show Parish um, has this thing where she she basically messages me with pictures of her food or t- and then tweets right. it or whatever. And, and she essentially, I mean, she will probably deny this, but she essentially invites her Twitter pylon because she just loves it. And so right. while it, I look, I'm cast as the... The Dominic Cummings in this situation, if you like, is the bad guy, but but actually it's all done with, with perfect uh, consent. So so you're not looking. I mean, you could easily just leave your cushy Stakhanov job and work in the private sector and still advise the Stakhanov uh, yeah. the Stakhanov company, but make more money. Um, so you're not looking to kind of hide from from your responsibilities. You're you're basically fronting up to the opinions you have about other people's breakfasts. Oh, Pete, if you were to offer me. Um, a job where I don't have to do this every day, but I can still consult <laughs> for more money. I mean, we should yeah. definitely we should definitely talk. I mean, I'm happy to sit down and talk about that. That's that's absolutely no problem at all, mate. Let me know when works for you. That's fine. Well, I've I've taken out some loans. I've taken out some COVID loans. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fans out. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Lekirk, uh, in particular, she is she was very healthy. Uh, woman and yet she seems to eat the worst food. It's very confusing. She's got a weird streak in her where she, for mm. some reason, appears to really like. For those listening who don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Laura Kirk from Luke and Pete show when Pete was away about two months ago, and she does a show called Revisiting, which is an also also a Stakhanov show. Uh, she's great. She does it with Laura Gallup, who's also great, and you should listen to it. But she's very, very well educated, very clever, very, in my opinion, a brilliant broadcaster. For some reason, appears to have the um, culinary taste of like an eight-year-old. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah. it's oh, very, very yeah. strange. Like, like she'll, she'll, she'll basically go, "Ah, oh, cooked up an amazing dinner tonight," and you'll think, "Okay, well, you're an upwardly mobile, you know, kind of successful young professional. What are you going for? Is that sausages, beans, and waffles?" 
because that's what it looks like. Why are you doing that? It's just, it's just weird how often she does seems to do that sort if, of thing. If you, if you can, I always think if you can draw a recognisable picture of your breakfast, it's not a good breakfast. Or if right. you can draw a recognised picture. If, if I if someone draws a waffle, it's really easy to draw a waffle. It's really easy to draw like on a smiley face, a potato cake thing. Yeah. It's really easy to draw chips. Fried egg. Other things that are more difficult, paella. Paella is more different to make True. to draw. Is that the rule, is it? But, oh, by the way, speaking of that, rule, that yeah. do, you, do you remember um, ex-Tranmere um, uh, and Liverpool forward John Aldridge? Right. I do, yes. He the the, <laughs> the Manzi and Rush. He posted, yeah, absolutely. He posted a picture of a um, a breakfast that his mother made for him, and everyone mm. piled on that, said it was disgusting. Uh, someone <laughs> someone said at one point, "Did you puke?" His mother's probably about eighty. This, no, this is the story. This is the story. Someone posted a comment saying, "Did you puke that sausage back up because you realised you forgot to take a photo of it?" Um, <laughs> and then he replied saying thanks very much my mother's 90 and partially blind and you've just made her cry oh no one why I are you showing her those comments John why what kind of son are that? you yeah okay. that's just horrible like I mean a million for a million different reasons that's just horrible why yeah. is that happening in the world oh well yeah, John Orange is, 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 is very much to blame on that one I would say but, um, um, I, 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 found, I mean uh, go on Sorry, Luke. I've I've been eating a lot of uh, vegetarian sausages, and I've decided that Are you cooking vegetarian them? sausages. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. They're vegetarian, aren't they? Um, I hope. Um, I'd be annoyed if I got food poisoning off eating a raw vegetarian sausage. Mind you, could they not be like vegetarian sausages? Because they could be counted as like protein pouches for a for a busy muscle man on the go. Because you know, just like because they're just mushrooms and protein, aren't they? Like, just get yeah. I don't really know what's in them. Herbs. There's a lot of herbs. Yeah. But they're really nice. I've been eating, I like I've not eaten a, a proper sausage in like bloody ages. So well done the old uh, well done the old veggie sausages. Linda McCartney. You've got me hooked. Are you a Linda McCartney? No, man? just Tesco's. I've tried Tesco's, I've tried Marks and Spencer's. Tesco's well better. They're because the, the Marks and Spencer's ones, the only ones I've got are like weird long hot doggy ones. And right. like they just, they don't they don't fit in the bread. I already eat bread anyway. It's just uh, it's a disaster. I added um I added mushrooms, I added relish, I added uh, uh, onions, and also some onion yeah. relish as well. And the coup de gras was um, some crushed up Doritos. Thank you very much. Oh, night. my God. I knew there was going to be a kicker in there somewhere. <laughs> I knew you were going to let me down at some point. <laughs> um, I had to go to Waitrose the other day because um, I couldn't get into Sainsbury's because the queue was too long. And, it's like a um, Libertine song. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to say a shit Libertine song, but then you know that wouldn't uh, <laughs> that wouldn't narrow it down. But um, yeah. and um, just one thing I would say about Waitrose, and my family always had the Mickey out of me for going to Waitrose when I go there, which isn't very often, uh, because they say it's like it's, it's really expensive for no reason, etc. But they do do an essentials range, which is very very competitive, and they have some amazing things in there that you don't really see anywhere else. Like for example, I know it's expensive, and I know it's a bit of an indulgence, but I'm fairly certain. You don't get Wagyu beef burgers in like Sainsbury's and Tesco, but you do get them in Waitrose. And if you want to treat yourself, you can do that. And it's like an amazing thing to be able to do as an option is what I'm saying. Mm. You also, but you also don't get them. You also get them in like Iceland. And when Iceland released like, uh, you get, you get like some products that have uh, delusions of, 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 of grandeur, you would say. And my mom, whenever, whenever there's anything like that, Wagyu beef burgers in Iceland, my mom will always text me saying, Get yourself down Iceland. You like Japan. You you mm. love Wagyu beef, Pete. Um, mm. and, and it's like it won't be like Wagyu beef. It'll just be 
a cow that's seen another cow that happens to be in a particular <laughs> cafe. It's not it's not actual. But are there legal restrictions, Donny, on the, whether you can call it wagyu or not? Because, for example, like certain um, you know, certain cheeses, certain other food products, mm. they have to be manufactured in a certain place in a certain way to be given that title, right? So is that the same I've, with wagyu find... beef? Yeah, I, um, there's gradings in 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 wagyu. Yeah, that's uh, right. In, in wagyu, so A five is A five is the best going down. But so by the time you get, to, it will be wagyu beef, but it'll be, you know, in the same way that Watford's on the underground G seven zone zone D or something. Yeah, okay, right. Um, but anyway, so that's that's my uh, supermarket that's chat I'm, for now. Uh, but that's why I'm posh. But I saw a um, I saw a story that you'd like. I thought you'd play love, Pete. Uh, it broke. I think I say it broke. It didn't exactly break. It came to light, shall we say, yesterday, among some other news stories that you may have seen. Uh, so this one was mm. kind of lost in the uh, in the mix-up. Is that um, <laughs> this is good? Formula E driver Daniel Apt was disqualified and ordered to pay eight thousand nine hundred pounds to charity for getting a professional gamer to compete under his name in an official esports race. Oh, that's clever. I did not is take it, it as, serious as, as seriously as I should have, he said. I'm especially sorry about this because I know how much work has gone into this project. I'm aware that my offence <laughs> is a bitter aftertaste, but it was never meant with any bad intention. So he didn't want to lose, he didn't want to lose face as a, as a professional racing driver. Uh, so he got a professional... Yes, yeah. and this is the great thing about it, Pete, right? Here's the kicker. Absolutely right to pick up on that angle. Listen to the final sentence in this news story. Mm. That... <laughs> right. <laughs> XF1 driver Stoffel Van Dorn, who was involved in the um, in the race as well, suspected Apt was not driving, and French racer Jean Eric Verne asked for the German to turn his video on in the next race so they could confirm it was him. I love it. He's a professional, and they're going. There's no way he's this good. This is fucking bullshit. I've seen him race. He's dreadful. Get the video on him. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I like because because obviously like. You could probably work that out from like IP addresses, and unless because he's clearly got a professional gamer to be him, giving him the login details or whatever, and mm. like chances are they're not in the same house, so therefore like he's you know he might be in I don't know where that that guy comes from, hails from, um, but say it's Germany, like he's you know employing a, a, a South Korean kid to to drive for him at like three in the morning or something. Yeah. <laughs> turn your turn your camera on. How um, do they find no. him? Yeah, yeah. How do you? Yeah, how do you? Um, you know, F, F, uh, XF1 driver looking for excellent um, Craigslist you know, professional. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and also you you sort of think either that offer would be too good to be true for any kind of professional e gamer. You'd need to get hold of their agent, I guess. It just seems it seems like a, a lot of um, kind of ways that this could kind of fall down. And and also like these simulations that people have, if you've got like the right steering wheels and stuff, these are pretty. Um, these are pretty realistic. I remember doing a... a Not that realistic, but you think he'd be a bit better at it. Because, I mean, <laughs> well, the more the, 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 every step that makes it as realistic as possible in terms of racing driving, he should be better at it. Well, so I so I did, uh, just before Christmas, Google Stadia is like a kind of uh, um, a remote uh, video game kind of system launched by Google. Um, and kind of, you know, Google got so much money, they launched these kind of little projects. And to the gaming world, it seemed like the biggest thing in the world. But to Google, obviously, it's a fingernail on a fingernail of a fingernail of some long lost marketing budget they don't really give a shit about. But um, we did, we put Nico Rosberg up against a, a professional, certainly YouTuber who, who, who basically is professional like driving guy um and obviously so he's one of the best in his class 
uh, uh, driving and stuff. But Nico Rosberg, without uh, um, just on a joypad, managed to beat him. I think three, three, uh, three out of uh, three times. So like wow. there are trans. So and and this is like a game Nico Rosberg had never played before on a course that Nico Rosberg wasn't familiar with, uh, and he managed to uh, beat him. I, I seem to recall. So like there are. There are transferable skills, but as long as you know, yeah. So if you just know how to drive a car like a motherfucker, like you can absolutely whip anyone's ass because you've obviously done that in real life. And these simulations are just so bloody good nowadays. How did you? How did you perform when you were hosting it, Pete? Did you do many goodness me's or? I I was. (laughs) There were there were precious few goodness me's. I did have a whole good like two pages of uh of one flowing script that i'd learned and then i got on set and they said they changed it and i was like i can't <laughs> do the changes in my mind um but i had, i was interviewing nico rosberg while i was um playing the game and you couldn't see from the screen but my car was just constantly ramming like really like smashing into the sides and the well, you couldn't do two things at once no, uh, Nico. So, uh, what do you think of Verstappen? Stadium? Nico Rosberg's a very. If you check out any of his sort of YouTube or he does a podcast himself, I do believe. Um, it's, he doesn't do many of them because um, he's lazy. But um, he is a very good presenter. He's this hmm. man who, like, obviously grew up in I think in Monaco. He did, yeah. He's from a very YouTube. weird background. Finnish German kind of. Like his dad was a, a famous, obviously, Formula One driver as well. So, like. He's always had money and he just drips with it. Absolutely drips with it. He, he just come back from Cuba uh, when I chatted to him. I said, oh, how was, how was Cuba? How was uh, Varadero? How was um, Havana? And he said, um, he went, uh, uh, the, the, the shops were terrible. It's like, yeah, he, like, he wanted like a Prada kind of like, he wanted to go shopping in like these malls. Do you know what Do you know why they're driving in those old cars, mate? Because, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Good it's Lord. like it's like basically growing up in the Taj Mahal, going to Portsmouth <laughs> and going, no, the architecture's not very nice around here. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's to be expected, Nico. Let's be absolutely fair. Cuba's not really yeah. known for that. It's known for a lot of other stuff that you might find interesting. It's completely passed in by. Probably I love get, that. You could probably get a pretty decent curry in uh, in Portsmouth, though. Do you think? Um, to be honest, the best curry I've had is, depressingly enough, and, and as cliched and as eye-roller as, as it sounds, is in London. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, I know I know Birmingham is well known for it, and I've not I've not been fortunate enough to travel to that part of the world, so I couldn't talk to you about the local uh, delicacies and stuff. But yeah, the best curry I've had is it's been in London, really. Yeah, Leicester, Leicester. So you bring your own beer. Lovely old job. The best thing, the best, the best ones, and I know you could apply this to to pizza as well. The best ones sit light on your stomach. They don't sit too heavy. Mm, That's the key, yeah, I think. Pizza, it, yeah. Best pizzas like that. It doesn't doesn't Don't sort of blow the you bread. Up carbs. I only go to I only eat, um, uh, Indian food just for the excuse of having mango chutney and that um, that yogurt stuff. Oh man, I love. Oh yeah, I love I've got Papa some of that Dan's. in my fridge at the moment actually. Oh, because our curry days. place opened for ta- uh, for delivery uh, again last week. Hey, so we indulged on Saturday. Yeah, it's brilliant. I will tell you what, I love. Par- I I absolutely love a bargy. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what do they look like? Oh yeah, like an onion. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah also yeah. known as a pakora. Also known as a something else, isn't it? What's it? Never, a pakora um, is what I've heard it called. No, well. other other than a pakora, isn't there another word for it? What's Maybe. a samosa? Where does a samosa end and a pakora start? Well, no, so a, 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 a samosa is like a little pastry package with uh, spiced meat and vegetables, or, or one of the other. And a, right. a bhaji is like a little shredded onion. Oh yeah, it's like brown. It's like dark brown, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a deep fried. Yeah, 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 decent. I reckon Very I could soon. probably eat fifteen of them in a row. 
I love that's a bargy. I absolutely just love it. My hands would that, stink after that onion, but that will sit heavy on your stomach for crying out loud. Big time. Um, I, speaking of things that are opening up, apparently um, uh, down the road there's a there's a, a nightclub that's uh, reopening. According to um, one of our colleagues, a nightclub that's opening down my road uh, for take take out beers, take out drinks. Yeah, I saw a lot of those. I was dry, I had to drive. I'm I'm allowed, I'm allowed to go into the Talksport studio now at London Bridge, but I have to drive and. Um, I parked up uh, on Friday and um, as I was walking from the car to the to the studio, I saw a load of people out. Basically, it was essentially like, it says I'll take away beers, but it's mm. essentially like a pub garden. I, yeah, I, I was right. actually quite um, surprised seeing it, seeing so many people there because it's right in the centre of London, so I don't really know what people are doing there. Yeah. Maybe, they're, they're, so maybe like, they've actually gone like, to their um, office or whatever. Soho's like, uh, Soho's starting to get back on its feet. I noticed the... Um, I'm gonna say knock and shop. Uh, the old, uh, the old, uh, the old. Um, uh, how do you socially distance in there? I know. Yeah. That. I mean. That, uh, the, how do you do the, it, the, Pete? The, the brothel. The brothel, brothel had a door. It's a full body condom. Um, the brothel, <laughs> like naked gun. Me, had had. Yeah. Exactly. Um, had had like the front door open. I was like, bloody hell! Like that's. Mm. Risky, isn't it? But then you, you again, you got these, um, you got clubs handing out beers. There's the, the place where I watched Sweden um, versus uh, England in the in the last um, international tournament uh, has opened up for like kind of takeaway drinks, and also they've got seats laid out, but they're really far away. So this cafe culture, this British cafe culture, is 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 coming back. We don't have a lot of it in in the centre of town, but Soho's coming back. I think it's just, just going to be one big kind of pride level street party where we're going to try and socially distance, but we can't because it's too small. <laughs> So what I'm thinking of doing is just getting like, exactly, exactly. But I, I think, I mean, I'm definitely good. I, I should definitely buy like a lot of cans and just be the guy who uh, in Old Cotton Street just kind of lowers down a basket full of um, cold uh, cold cans for everybody. That'd be perfect. Little sideline. Just drink them yourself, man. you attention-seeking bellend. I'd sell them. No, I'd be selling them, you bellend. How much? You, you equally side bellend. Well, more than... <laughs> Well, as capitalism would dictate, more than what I paid for them. <laughs> All right, well, just as long as you're not for the tax, man, there's no problem with me. Um, oh, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's do a ad break. <laughs> let's have a break. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you struggling to find something to watch during lockdown? You've drained Netflix, re-watched all your old favorites, and now you need something new? Well, we're here to help. Join us for Clash of the Titles, the podcast where two movies with something in common go head-to-head in a fight to the death. Release the Kraken. Well, not death. We just decide which one is better. When they do a long shot of the crowd in the ivory tower, it's different to the close-up. And if you look closely, you can see E.T., Mickey Mouse, Chewbacca, <laughs> um, no. Ewoks and C-3PO. So when Wolfgang Peterson went to Spielberg went, yeah, uh, could you maybe um, re-edit uh, my, my movie? Uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg went, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm probably going to cut out? E-F-T, mate. <laughs> I made that. Find your new favourite movie or revisit an old classic with me, Alex Zane, Vicky Crompton and Chris Tilly. New episodes out every Monday and Thursday. Clash of the Titles is a Stakhanov production. And we're back with the law and tax abiding uh, Pete Donaldson and uh, Luke Moore. We, I, uh, to be fair, I could have had a holiday with the old uh, tax, but I paid it, didn't I? So I couldn't be asked with the admin of cancelling the director, but um, so I'm a good boy. Um, um, I emails. did my entire tax return in that ad break. So um, <laughs> did you? Good, Luke. Yeah. So you basically you yeah. could have flouted, the, you could have cheated the tax man, go on the holiday, but you didn't, and you want some kind of credit for that? Is that what you're saying? No, I could have taken a tax holiday uh, in the oh. VAT or something. You know what I mean? All, oh, all that's what you mean. Okay. But I didn't because I couldn't be asked with the admin. So no, I am propping up yeah. the... It's that kind of backbone that's keeping the country going. Good on you. It is. I'm doing the right uh, thing. Um, <laughs> do you want an email then from Stephen first? Go on then. Uh, he's emailed Stephen in at hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Uh, yeah, I don't know if his name's actually Stephen first, mm. but he is certainly Stephen and he's certainly going first. Um, he says, hi, lads. Um, I'd like to say this is my first Takanov email, but I've often sent through some old shite. So let's see if this one gets through. Uh, it has, Stephen, and it well has. done to you. Uh, in response to Luke's comment on Football Ramble about the use of the vapors in any media situation to denote Japan. So for those who haven't heard this, um, there was a film we watched where someone goes to Japan and they used the song Turning Japanese by the Vapors. And I said to Peter, mm. who's a Japanophile, Peter, this does my head in because everyone knows this song is about wanking. Why are mm. they always using it to depict Japan? And you said, yeah, there's a load of stuff. That kind of stuff goes on all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so Stephen says, I'd like to propose a new thread for the Luke and Pete show. And it is inappropriate use of songs in TV and films. For right. my submission, I'd like to suggest Plastic Bertrand, Ça plane pour moi. Genius. Yeah, genius, which is the lyric site, obviously, informs me that the lyrics translate into the protagonist being a general vagrant, having sex with a random woman, and finishing himself off on the carpet. Oh, it's incredible. Given how many daytime adverts, Kellogg's Kellogg's cereal most recently, the song has been used for, it seems somewhat questionable. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, did you read the li- did you read the uh, lyrics that was um, that he provided a link? Um, okay, let's go. That babe was such a bitch. What a vibration coming on the doormat. You are the oh, king of God. the divan, she says to me in passing. I am the king of the divan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the chorus being, it's all working out for me. It's all working out for me. It's all working out for me, 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 me. It's all working out for me. <laughs> Categor- oh, characteristically French, I think I may say. <laughs> oh, he's Bel- wasn't he famously Belgian? Uh, no, it is. I don't know. I, 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 I know the song, but I don't know the artist. But it sounds very mm. French. It probably is he's, Belgian. Uh, he looks. He looks very. So anyway, uh, hello to email you. In, sorry, yeah. Pete. Just very quickly, hello, email in at hello at lukeandpeach.com for any songs that you've seen in TV or film that are hugely inappropriate. <laughs> Enjoyable. Uh, this is the sort of email we probably have on the ramble on the ramble, uh, football ramble today, but we are doing it here. John Tunnelly, the Mets Cup final. Your mention of the silvery Alcopop Mets gave me a beautiful flashback to 1997 and a trip to Old Wembley to watch the mighty Borough complete their unique treble of losing two cup finals and a relegation. Uh, having painted my face at a service station, I worked my way through four bottles of Mets in a Swiss cottage a beer garden face paint dripping and paws unable to breathe and feeling rather drunk on 90s alcohol pops and excitement the barman asked my friend to escort me to the toilets i argued that my bladder was content as it was but my friends insisted and i was dragged to the toilet against my will it <laughs> it turns out uh, that the reason that i was advised to go to the toilet was that the, the police were in the vicinity and doing a scan of the pub and me being a mere 13 years old oh the barman goodness. had done me a good one to avoid me being kicked out pub lockdown i managed a couple more mets Still still continuing to serve the, on. the young gentleman. Cracking on before heading to Wembley. I remember nothing of the walk slash finding my seat slash uh, national anthem. I do, however, remember every everything after the 42nd uh, with Dimitri's goal. The most sobering moment of my life. I've never seen a bottle of Mets since sent from my iPhone. Fantastic and poor, poor chore from the barman who's uh, serving a 13-year-old bottle of Mets for crying out loud. One thing that unites kind of... Uh... Most of the majority of the American uh, people I've met uh, or who listen to our shows is the idea that in the UK, people get drunk at such a young age. And I would say yeah. that 13 is young, even for me. I mean, I, I, young I, for schnapps. It's young for yeah. schnapps, isn't it? I, I, I mean, that is, I mean, does he mention the email who he was with? Uh, I presume some friends um, from Borough. I mean, so. it's, it's irresponsible from the parents. Let's be absolutely clear. He's travelled down know. to Wembley at thirteen, <laughs> unaccompanied, and got pissed. That is, I mean, that is pretty strong. In Swiss cottage, but I, I mean, I would say I've, we've all been to Mills, but well, I don't know whether you have, but I certainly have. <laughs> and they're, they're they're known as the smoggies for a reason. The, the air is thick with chemicals, so it probably never really, really sort of affected them in any way. Yeah. But Pete, the big <laughs> controversy fine. around alcopops around that time, I remember, and I think it's why you you know you don't really see as many of them anymore. I don't believe mm. is because they were essentially. It was being said that they were essentially being thinly veiled, marketed to children, right? So yeah, and they and, yeah. they, and they were being. I'm not saying this is that this is true, but this is what was acute, they were accused of, of 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 kind of making them taste as little like alcohol as possible, so that people could younger people could could basically tolerate them. I remember that as a kid. It was vaping for that. the '90s generation, wasn't it? Is that oh, is that right? That's interesting. So that's the comparison people will draw now. Is it? Well, it's like everything's like bubblegum flavored and stuff, isn't it? Right. Like, okay. New vapes. But when 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 we were um, when we were kids, getting involved in alcohol for the first time, I was a bit older than thirteen, by the way. But it it was all cider or alcohol pops wherever possible because we didn't really like the taste of beer, despite what you told your friends, right? 
No, one stubbies in the garage with uh, your mate who's got a garage. I would uh, that was kind of like my my gateway drug. But yeah, Metzers and uh, Reefs, anything a little bit colourful and aggressive, we'd uh, we'd be hammering down. But there, that said, in the northeast, I think certainly in Hartlepool, the, the 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 lads had to get on the Newcastle Brown quite early just to show that they were proper blocks. And and even now, like it's, it's a heavy old beer. Like if you have four of them, that's you, you're yeah. on the way. You're on the way to. Problem town. To poo poo town. Um, to poo poo um, town. I remember when I was one of the first times I, I got drunk was at a friend of mine's um, aunt and uncle's house on New Year. I think it was on New Year, and um, they were, I mean, wealthy, like properly for, compared mm. to compared to us at the time. I mean, wealthy, and they had a big house and had a swimming pool in it. And I remember thinking it was like the best thing ever. And um, and but there was just so many people at this party, it was absolutely impossible for the adults to keep on top of what the kids were doing. And all the beer was being kept out at the bottom of the garden, um, or some of it was, and we just got mm. tucked in. There was no one to stop us. Those remember it being so exciting. It's also the same friend who um, me and him found a cigar for a, in what, from one of his dad's collections. His dad was a Navy man. And he had these cigars. And uh, we smoked a cigar on the bottom of the garden, right? And uh, we got in trouble for that because obviously it absolutely stank and it's impossible to get mm. away with it. But I remember at the time, I must have been... 14 i remember thinking like this is absolutely ridiculous how could anyone enjoy this because it is the most <laughs> acrid foul most disgusting <laughs> thing ever and not it was, it, it, and, and, and the, the testament to that was just that two 14 year old lads who probably would have rather you know died than admitted anything not being like tough yeah, yeah. even though we weren't we were but no, there was just no there was no bones about it this is disgusting what are we doing this is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like, so like, I don't understand. Like the like the whole point of of of, of cigars and cigarettes. The whole point of tobacco is you get it into your bloodstream so you can enjoy the the feelings of of, of the nicotine and stuff. But like the, I mean, cigars. You just you don't even inhale them, so you just inhale. You're just getting them through the blood vessels, like under your tongue and stuff. So like, I don't understand why that's a. I can't figure it out. It's too strong. It's it's too strong to actually inhale and use like an actual cigarette. So what is the point of them? Yeah, it's just about the taste and the flavour, I think, and I, I don't right. think there's anything more to it than that, as far as I'm aware. I mean, it's, they're very high in nicotine, but I don't think you get it in your system properly, and obviously no one in house them and stuff. So, yeah, it must just be the flavour. It's probably like one of those things like um, scotch and wine where you can detect different notes of flavour and everything. If you, mm. But, I mean, ironically, in cigars, it's almost completely pointless because it will absolutely destroy your taste buds, I expect. <laughs> you do enough for them, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want a quick one uh, rounding up uh, the nappies on doorsteps debate from last week? Yeah, is this from Christian? I saw this one. This is interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, hi, Luke and Pete. Regarding the listener whose neighbours' nappies uh, keep being left on the front doorstep, I'm a postman and I see this all the time. Nappies left on doorsteps. Pete, uh, Pete, these people don't have issues. They're just effing lazy. I've got two kids, never not put a nappy straight into the bin. After all, who wants a fog, uh, fox uh, dragging their kids' shitty nappy around the neighbourhood? Cheers, Christian. I, I, I didn't realise this was a big thing. I, did, I, look, no, I didn't I, either. Having kids is, is difficult, but I, I didn't realise that was a thing. You just put it on your doorstep. Surely, do you not keep the nappies in the in the house, like in a bag, like a food bin or something? I don't I think, know. I think the gen- not in a food bin. I think the general. Mm. Um, I think the general consensus is you tie them off and um, and you throw them away, right? I mean, that's why there's a big debate about how bad it is for the environment because back in the day, of course, probably even when we were babies, Pete, our parents mm. used to have those toweling type reusable nappies, didn't we? Yeah, and I so think I think my, I think I think I I I did at any point, but I remember I think if we were a little bit older, my mum definitely done that. But then you've got the detergent cost. 
They, what's what, 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 what about that? Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, you, you, the washing. you do, but I mean, that's, I don't mm. think, I mean, I'm not an environmental expert, but I don't think that's anywhere near as severe as the, the like millions yeah. and millions of probably mostly plastic based shitty nappies filling up landfill. Um, but I, th- I think generally speaking, you, you have to, you have to throw them away. I'm, I'm, I'm all for being like sympathetic towards parents and, and, and I know enough people to know how hard it must be. I can empathize that I don't have children myself. I'm not giving them a pass. I'm not chucking dirty nappies away. I mean, come on, <laughs> you have to do it. You've got to do it. It's part of it. Like it's not even the hardest part of it. I feel guilty sort of um, when I've got a uh, a full bin bag. I feel guilty leaving it on my the outside because I will have a shared kind of um, uh, walkway to, to get to the outside, which is where obviously you put the put the bins. But um, I occasionally, if I'm in a hurry, I'll, I'll put it outside for five minutes, and and I was like, it's it's a bin bag all tied up, so there's no smelling or anything, and 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 my bin is so small, I've got to empty it every two days anyway, so nothing ever smells. But even putting it outside for ten minutes, I feel a little conscious. Yeah, and and I think it's, it, it comes down to the very idea of chores in the household, right? So um, I always take the bins out and I always take the recycling out. It's kind of my job. <laughs> Mimi doesn't like doing it, fair enough. It's a bit of a trek because we've got to go down the stairs and sometimes it can be a bit heavy, et cetera. I'm happy to do it. Uh, on the other hand, when I make the bed, it's passable, but certainly no more than that. When Mimi makes the bed, it looks like the hotel, a hotel room. So she always right, makes yeah, the bed because yeah, it's yeah. just much nicer. So there's a, there's a kind of division of labor there. I like it. Find your rhythm with your loved one, so to speak. Um, yeah. Shall we end this uh, sorry affair with uh, Yeah, let's with get rid of it. Luke? Let's get rid of it, mate. Let's, let's get out of it. it. Um, yeah. Leave it on the doorstep. <laughs> put it out of his misery um uh this has been the luke and pete show for a bank holiday monday the 25th oh, yeah. of may um we don't, have, we don't really do bank holidays and broadcasting so we have to keep reminding ourselves but it is a bank holiday mm. today i hope you enjoyed the rest of it and i hope you enjoy tomorrow and wednesday as well we'll be back on thursday with another episode of this this was a luke and pete show do get in touch with us hello at luke to let us know what you've been up to particularly if you've got any examples of songs being used inappropriately in um, TV or film. Uh, that's it. We'll speak to you next time. Cheers, Peter. Ça plan pour moi. This was a Stakhanov production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.